You're listening to a podcast from Columbia Christian Fellowship in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Our services are weekly at 10 a.m. We hope to see you there. haven't heard there was a car accident that involved Art's extended family and there were numerous injuries and there was a fatality and our hearts are very very heavy today it would have been so easy to not come here and as I wrestled with that with the Lord through the night he said you've got to go because there's a congregation here that needs ministered to And God still has his plans and his purposes. And Art, I'm so glad to hear that your niece knew the Lord. That lessens the blow somewhat. She's now rejoicing in heaven as we carry on the work here. As soon as people find their seats, I want to ask Marie if you'll come forward. Hold on, talk right into the mic. Hold on for one second. Wait till we get everybody settled. good am i okay you ready to go yeah (laughs) marie's going to share a dream that she had with us well i know with all the uh hostility out there and pain and suffering it was nice to have a good dream anyway i had this dream i woke up i was sleeping and i came to the church and the parking lot was packed i mean i didn't even know where i was going to park so anyway i got in and I couldn't find Ray. There was hundreds and hundreds of people in this church <laughs> sitting in the aisles, on the floors, fellowship hall, outside, all. So I, I kept thinking to myself, people were laughing and hugging and singing and rejoicing and, and I quite couldn't put it together. And then after I woke up, I said to myself, revival we had a revival at our church which is coming it is coming we just have to wait and be patient but it is coming so that was my little prayer thank you marie (laughs) justin you can come and just position yourself over here i want to begin with an, an introduction of sorts today If you were here last week, it was another very significant Sunday for our church. In a sense, it was an end. It was the completion of a season of preparation for revival, for this mighty move of God in the earth that we are hearing so much about and which Marie confirmed with her dream. But in another sense, last Sunday was a beginning, not just an end. It was an entering into. I felt after last Sunday service that we had ended a chapter and we had entered into a new era. For those who responded to the invitation last week, God empowered, God anointed us so that we might function at the needed level in this next season, this revival, this mighty move of God. The result of last Sunday's gathering here What God did, how we responded, will be seen in the days, weeks, and months ahead. Perhaps you've already noticed it in your life. Some sort of change, maybe small, incremental. But things are going to begin to change, especially in us and through us. The empowerment, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be manifested in and through us in the days and the weeks and the months perhaps even the years ahead. We have received the go word from the Lord. You know, we've been positioned for a while, preparing, preparing, equipping. We've had warnings from the Lord. We've had instruction from the Lord. But we always had wait for the go word. Wait for the now time. We have the go word. It is the now time. On to today's message. Justin, if you'll come to the mic, we'll stand to honor the word of the Lord together. Justin will read 
a rather lengthy passage, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Philip and the Ethiopian. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. <clears throat> the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he ordered the chariot to stop. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Caesarea. Thank you, Justin. You may be seated. So we have some things to talk about today. We have a title. It's the story of Philip continued. And the title comes directly from Acts chapter 8, verse 26. As for Philip... Or it could read, now, getting back to Philip. Because we had talked about Philip, and then there was a pause. And the pause, Luke's pause in, in this narrative, was to make us aware of Simon the sorcerer. He wanted us to be aware of the level of power that the occult had on the people of Samaria at that time. And before carrying on, Luke wanted to be sure we understood, we understand that God's power is greater than occult power. It's not even close. Just in case you're wondering, God is omnipotent, all-powerful, always was, is, and will be. Satan's a created being. God created Satan with a spoken word, and God can take Satan out in a moment with a spoken word, just so we know that. We're not against we're not working with two equal powers here. Kind of a humorous story. Back in the early days of this church in the school, a guy came walking in. He looked like he may have been a, a, a biker or a hell's angel or something. That's the way he was dressed. That's, he was all tatted up, and he was sitting in the back. And I happened to mention Satan, and he raised his hand, and he said, I know Satan. He said, he's God's evil twin brother. There's a lot of stuff going around out there that's not truth. And so this guy's name was Steve, and in Steve's mind, Satan was of equal power with God, and we had to set that straight immediately. God is all-powerful. No one, nobody, not Satan, and all of his demons together can stand against God, or they already would have. So anyhow, remember Philip. He was one of the guys the congregation chose to, to oversee the food bank. He's also the guy whom God is now using mightily in revival in Samaria. So this is the story of Philip continued, but there's a better title. So I, I made it a subtitle, and it's this, Specific Instructions, Divine Appointments. The example of Philip in this passage is going to give us a glimpse into the way things work during revival. What we are to be expecting in faith in these days, weeks, months, perhaps years, however long God gives us. Again, this is just my opinion. I, I can't 
prove this to you. I firmly believe it. We have entered a new era. We have entered the last of the last days. And as we move into this mighty move of God, it's going to culminate with the rapture. There's no going back to normal. There's no going back to what we knew. That's my opinion. That's what I believe we're looking at as the church moving forward. See, in revival times, in, in, in what we're heading into, already have entered, in revival times, God and his kingdom workings become very real. Kingdom life, kingdom of heaven life on earth becomes as real as life on earth to the believer. The supernatural becomes natural. The extraordinary becomes ordinary. The unusual becomes usual in revival times. The world is now talking incessantly about a new normal. There is a new normal for the church as well. And the world is constantly talking about climate change. There's a climate change in the church as well. So today there's two segments but one message. The first segment, specific instructions. The second segment, divine appointments. Here we go. Acts chapter 8, verses 26, 29. An angel of the Lord said to him, that's Philip, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Then we jump down to 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside that chariot. Quick note on the angel of the Lord in Scripture. As with so many other times we see it in Scripture, it's usually a referral to the Lord himself. So it was the Lord said to Philip, go south, and then it, for some reason Luke changes it to the Holy Spirit said to Philip, but you know the Spirit is the Lord. The Lord was very real to Philip. Philip knew the Lord's voice. Philip knew what he was saying, and he wasn't an apostle. He was a food bank administrator, just so you know. So you take encouragement from that. Philip knew exactly what he was to do. For some reason, with these guys in the early church, there was no doubting or guessing God's voice. They knew. It was very clear to them. And I guess that's basically through all of Scripture. Abraham and, and those guys, they knew when the Lord spoke. Well, that's the way it is in revival times. That's the way it is when God is moving mightily on the earth. We see it all through Acts, all through this New Testament church in the book of Acts. Currently for us, for the church today, unfortunately, for most of us, not everyone, for the most part, not all the time. It's often the case that God's voice, God's instructions are not that clear. Can I get an agreement on that? Unless you're walking in a, in a level much higher than me. God's voice and God's instructions to us are not that clear. We often wrestle with what is God saying? How many times have I gotten the elders together and I said, what's God saying? And we'd have to discuss it and pray into it. What is God saying? Or a question for many of us is, was that really God? Right? You can say amen at any point in this message. Have you ever asked, mm, man, is that really God? Was that God saying that? Or is that my own voice? Well, let me give you just a little clue. Don't be too quick to dismiss God's voice as your, your own thoughts because God's voice sounds like your thoughts to you. When God speaks to you and you hear his voice, it's coming through your thoughts. So it is going to sound like you. How many of us have, have had the experience of thinking, God may be giving me instructions, but we're just not sure? Show of hands. 
God maybe gave me a word to share, but we're just not sure. And more often than not, we don't act on it because we're just not sure. And more often than not, golden opportunities go flying by us that we won't have again because we're just not sure. I have two I fully statements for you. The first is, I fully believe. Many of us receive words and instructions from God, but because we are uncertain, we're, we're not sure it's him, we don't act upon it. I also fully believe that's going to change in these days ahead. I see it changing already. Marie just got up here and shared a dream this morning. That's huge. When God is moving mightily, very specific instructions are received and acted upon by believers and by the church. There's examples right here in our text. You can't get any more specific than this. Go south. Down, down that desert road. This is the Lord speaking. We tend to put him up there, thus saith God. But he speaks to us. Go south. Go down, go down that desert road. You know, the one that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza, Philip. So Philip follows the instructions. Then he's down that road, and now the Holy Spirit says to him, go over and walk alongside that, that carriage there. That carriage where the Ethiopian is reading the word. Very specific instructions. You know, that's the way God designed it to be. The guessing, I know there has to be some praying into it. There has to be discussion with others. God designed that too. But God designed that we would know his voice. You don't believe me? I know some of you did. You just said, yup. That's our slang version of amen. Yup. Right on, pastor. Oh, that's back in my day. That's right. You don't say right on anymore, do you? Well, let's see if that's scriptural. How about John 10, 27? My sheep listen to my voice, and they follow me. Some versions say, my sheep hear my voice. Some versions, I love this wording, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Are you his sh sheep? Sheep? Is that right? Are you his sheep? It doesn't sound right, but are you a sheep by faith in Jesus Christ? Then you should listen, you should hear we, we, we should listen, we should hear, we should know his voice. If you go on to read there, he says, they don't listen to strangers. They don't listen to strange shepherds. They know me. I'm the shepherd of the flock. They know me and they hear my voice and they act upon it. They follow me. That's the way God designed it for the church. According to Jesus... His followers are to hear his voice, they're to know his voice, they're to listen to his voice, and they're to carry out his instructions. A biblical example of how specific it can get. This is leading up to the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, then of course the Last Supper, the crucifixion, and everything that followed. But these were instructions he gave to two of his disciples. Go into that village over there. No, no, not, not Lancaster, Columbia. Go into that village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. And of course, you know the story. It happened just as Jesus told them it would. A very specific village, a very specific donkey, tied to a very specific pole, right down to the owner coming and asking them, what are you doing? And then letting them have the animal. One thing I, I really like to tell people who ask me, I'm trying to find God's will. One of the first principles is, God does not dangle carrots. Over here it is. Oh, oh, you missed it. No, it's... God has a vested interest in us knowing his will. He wants to tell us. He wants to give us specific instructions. He wants to direct our lives. He's the king of our lives. He's the king of our lives. 
He's the head of the church for us elders. He wants to direct this church. We don't have to beg and plead with him for direction. He wants to reveal to us where he's taking this church. Thank you. Now you're catching on. When I pause, you saw that? Very specific instructions. God, Jesus, they can get very specific. The Apostle Paul and his companions. There's a prayer meeting in the Antioch church, the church at Antioch. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, and it lists their names. While they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit said, and we would like to get around that, that he actually said, but all through Scripture it uses that terminology, the Lord said. That means he spoke something. He said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. No indication of arguing, wow, was that really the Lord? Was it Barnabas and Saul? Or, you know, when are we supposed to do that? So they placed their hands on him and they sent him off. Because the Holy Spirit had spoken to them. And they knew it. God spoke specific instructions. They heard. They acted in obedience. And the result was the great missionary push that would take the gospel to the ends of the then known earth in that prayer meeting. God gave specific directions in that prayer meeting that took the gospel to the ends of the earth. Are we expecting something like that, Justin, in our prayer meetings? God's going to speak. We're going to have direction, and it's going to be more far-reaching than we could ever imagine. God has already done some things like that, laid countries on our heart that seemed, seemed like the last place where God will be working, but we would pray in obedience, and we'd see in the news something amazing happening in that country. God would tell us that right in this prayer meeting out here in the lobby. God has very specific instructions for his people to follow. And there's a very specific purpose in the specific instructions. And if we don't follow them, we often think, well, God will still get, his, get what he wants somehow. Not necessarily. Opportunities can be missed. You say, God always gets his way. What God wills, he gets. Well, I know scripture says God wills that none should perish or end up in the lake of fire. Is that going to happen? No, because there's free will. Opportunities can come and pass if we don't hear the Lord and follow his instructions. Another great illustration is our Bible read. And Chris, thanks for that announcement today. I enjoyed that. It was very, stirred my heart to continue on. But one of the comments I have heard most often from this Bible read is how specific and how detailed God was with Moses and Joshua. He didn't let it up to their own understanding. He said, this is what I want done. This is how I want to do it. How could Joshua ever have thought walking around Jericho seven times and then the, the, the next time shout that the walls were going to fall in? How do you think he knew that? Because he was a great military commander? Because God told him to do it. He was a great military commander. But the reason he was a great military commander was because he followed God's commands to the T. That made him a great military commander. The next slide will close this first section and we'll move into the anointing. Divine, I mean appointing, appointments, divine appointments. This is a principle that I have lived by since I first read this verse. Psalms 27, 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. If you're a believer, and especially if you are a believer who is committed to following the Lord, there is no coincidence in your life at all. You know, he's not just talking about, in the end, you'll see that I directed your overarching life journey. He directs every step. At least he wants to, if we'll allow him. You can't get any more minute than steps. Every journey begins with what? The first step. And he wants to direct our steps. That means not just coming to church Sunday morning. That means Monday morning and Tuesday evening and Wednesday afternoon. Seeking him for what he has for you that day. Yeah, but I, I got to go to work and I do that every day. He has something for you at work. 
I'm a stay-at-home mom. You know, where's my opportunity? He has something for you at, at home. He wants to direct your steps every day. And I'm telling you, that's when life gets exciting. If you're living a boring, mundane life, tap into to God and his plan for your life. And it's going to get more exciting in these days ahead. Not necessarily without challenge. Oh. Not necessarily without challenge, but exciting. And that's the way God intends for it to be. Not even just in times of revival, but it is like that in revival times. But here's the problem. There's always that problem, isn't there? In normal times, call them normal times, times we've been living in for decades as believers, often believers in the church were not in a place. Are you listening here? If I was the devil, this would be a good place to try and distract the audience. In normal times, the church and us as believers were not in a place where we have ears to hear. Hearts to obey, wills to act. We're so distracted by our earthly life. We're not in a place where God can speak specifically. And we follow. But in revival times, all that changes. And the church is fine-tuned to the voice of the Lord. We as believers, we're fine-tuned to the voice of the Lord. You say, well, I'm not sure I'm there yet. That's okay. We're, we're not there yet, but over the last four weeks, God has been moving us towards that place with the first altar call to wholeheartedly commit to him. Two more sermons where he showed us some things. Last week's altar call where he said, now you come and I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit, and that's what it's for. You're going to be coming into more of a fine-tuned hearing of what the Spirit is saying to the church, what the Spirit is saying to you. Ears to hear, hearts to obey, wills to act. God becomes so real in revival time. You think God was real to Philip? Go south, go down to that road, attach yourself to that chariot. I got work for you. To Paul and the guys who were praying in that meeting, set apart Paul and Barnabas for me. I'm going to send them out, take the gospel to the ends of the world. God becomes so real. And we've been asking him for that forever. And when God becomes so real, life becomes so exciting. The second set of instructions was go over and walk beside that carriage, if you remember. Go down that road. Go south. Go down that road. That road, the road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza, just so Philip didn't go down the wrong road. It's this road. Because why? Why was it important it was that road? Because the Ethiopian wasn't on this road. The Ethiopian was on that road. It, just a sequel to Paul and these guys when they sent them out. They started going here and going there, and they came to a place, and they thought, well, we're going to go into Asia. Mm, nope. God said, not Asia. So they were puzzled, and they were listening, and, well we'll, well, we'll go this way. Nope. Finally, they had a vision of a man from Macedonia, and God said, I want you to go to Macedonia, which is Eastern Europe. That's where I have the hearts prepared. Asia will come, but today is Eastern Europe. Could have missed it. Could have went to Asia and who knows, gotten killed. That can happen. You get out of God's will far enough. You get out from under his umbrella of protection and favor far enough because you're not following his will. There's no guarantees in that place. You got an enemy that's just watching for us to step out of God's will. Look, look, look where Hub is now. Ah, Hub, I can't do anything to help you because you're over here. You needed to be over there. That usually drives me back to where I'm supposed to be. I've had enough of those experiences. I don't like them. I've gotten a lot more sensitive, though. I have this whole system of red flags that I look at. And if I see a red flag popping up, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Lord, return me to my first love. Lord, restore me to the joy of my salvation. Get me back in the center of your will. I don't mess around anymore too painful out there, out from under his will. I got some scars to prove it. 
Go over and walk beside that carriage. That leads us to the second segment of divine appointments. Philip ran over. He heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, how can I? Oh, now think about that. Yeah, believers out there, they just don't care. They're not really interested. How can they be if there's not somebody to tell them? What, are we expecting them to just somehow find their way into the church and find their way to Christ? Is that how you came? God brought somebody to me, a a number of people, a succession of people. He brought them to me to tell me about him, and then I came to Christ and into the church. Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, how can I? Scriptures aren't open to unbelievers. Satan has placed a veil over their eyes. Well, you you just go read your Bible more. It's not going to make any sense to them. You tell them about Jesus and what they need. They might reject it, but you tell them. Which is what Philip did. Philip was about to experience a huge divine appointment. A moment in time. I want you to think about this. Don't gloss over the ink on the page or whatever you call this on the iPad. The font on the iPad. A moment in time. Set up and ordained. Orchestrated by God. A moment in time in which Philip would be used by God to lead a soul to Christ into eternal life. A divine appointment. A moment in time and space in which a person's life, an Ethiopian Ethiopian government official would be changed forever. This is getting ahead of myself, but God has those appointments for you. He has those appointments for me. And it's not even really about you or about me. It's about the person whom God is going to bless through us. The Ethiopian government official's life would be changed forever because of this encounter with Philip. Because Philip heard God's voice clearly, very specific instructions, and followed them. And he acted on them. What a way to live life. We're so used to not living like that, that we have a hard time believing life can be lived like that. But that is God's norm for the Christian life. God gave specific instructions, go over to that chariot, to a specific believer, Philip, who willingly carried out his instructions and it resulted in life change forever. The rest of the story. The passage of scripture was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb is silent before the sharers, he did not open his mouth. That's Isaiah 53. You see the three dots, that means more came, but we we skipped that and went to this. So the, the Ethiopian asked Philip, tell me, Was the prophet talking about himself, or was he talking about someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, right there, right where the Ethiopian was, not, you know, go read a little more, go get your life straightened out and come back. No, starting right with where the Ethiopian was, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Don't tell somebody they got to stop this behavior or, or this or that before they can come to Christ or before they can come to church. Right where they are, start telling them about Jesus. He'll take care of that. Whatever needs to be taken care of in someone else's life, he'll take care of that. All we're appointed to do is tell him about Jesus. Now, if they ask us specific questions about a certain behavior and Scripture speaks to that, of course we can share that Scripture. But we're out there to tell them about Jesus and bring them to the Savior. He'll deliver deliver them from those things. Who here has not been delivered from something since you became a Christian? Show of hands. That's what I thought. How many of you quit that something before you came to Jesus? Show of hands. Okay, thank you. When Philip arrived, the Ethiopian just happened, just happened to be reading a primary messianic portion of scripture that pointed to Jesus. He just happened to be reading Isaiah 53. Coincidence, right? No, God ordained. God ordained. So Philip, beginning with specific scriptures, 
Philip then told him all about the Messiah, because he's reading about the Messiah, but he doesn't know it. Told him all about the Messiah, and that the Messiah is Jesus Christ. And the Ethiopian just happened to be primed, to be ready to hear, be ready to believe, be ready to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. Probably just a coincidence, right? No. God ordained. Everything was just right. Everything was perfect because God is perfect in all of his ways. And he clearly tells us, but we're so, we're so slow to learn. But he clearly tells us, look, since Genesis 3, since sin entered the human race, you can't depend on your own human reasoning. You can't think these through and figure out my ways and what I want to do. You lost that when sin came into the human race. Therefore, it's one of the most often quoted verses, but one of the, the most least lived by is trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean into your own human reasoning because you can't figure it out. Well, then why do we have brains if we can't figure it out? Our brains are no longer intended to figure it out. Our brains are intended to carry it out. Do you follow that difference? We don't anymore have to figure it out. We can't. We're sin corrupted. So God tells us, and our brain tells our body, do this, go south, go to that road. The brain still has a role, but it's a different role since sin entered the human race. Because you'll hear people say, well, what do you seek the Lord so hard for? You have a brain. God gave you a brain. Just figure it out. He expects you to figure it out. No, he doesn't. Don't trust your own human understanding. Seek me. I'll give you the instructions, and then your brain will help you carry them out. Because your brain directs your body. And we're still in this body. We won't need this brain when we go to eternity. This brain is just chemical electrical processes. When we go to eternity with the Lord, it will be our soul. People, the Lord is saying to us today, get ready for God-ordained divine appointments in these coming days of revival, awakening, and harvest. I'm imploring you to get excited about what's coming. Because God has said so clearly, I am going to do this. This isn't his permissive will. This is his sovereign will. I am going to do this with or without you. There's going to be an exponential increase in divine appointments for God's people. God is preparing hearts out there now. I know it doesn't look like it, but don't trust what your eyes see. Trust what God is saying. God is preparing hearts now. You think Philip would have ever imagined that that Ethiopian government official was in a place to receive the Lord? No way. God is preparing hearts now that are ready to hear the message and receive Jesus. And he's going to bring that message to them through us, those who are willing. I'm going to do this with or without you. And I will use all of you who are willing, but I'm going to do this with or without you. It's like Chris shared again his announcement, Joshua's word to Israel before he died. Choose ye this day, whom are you going to serve? You're going to continue to live this life, a distracted life, oblivious to what God is doing, or are you going to follow that wholehearted commitment you made three weeks ago? Remind you of a prophetic word that we had in this church a few weeks ago. The way things are now is not the way things will be in the near future. Don't trust what you see now, what you hear now. Make sure what you see now, what you hear now are coming from God. And that takes spending time with him. Another thing Chris mentioned in the Bible read announcement. A thing Justin mentioned in, when we're praying. Spending time with God is key to all of this stuff. Now hearts are indifferent. Now hearts are hostile to Christ. Not so in the near future. Hearts, like the Ethiopian official, will be open and hungry for the gospel, ready to believe and ready to receive Christ. I know that's hard to believe. It is for me too, but believe it. And if you can't believe it, seek God and ask him to release faith to believe it. 
He who has ears to hear today, hear what the Spirit is saying to CCF. Now, was that a real conversion? As they rode along, they came to some water, and the Ethiopian said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Evidence of salvation. I'm ready. My life has changed. And it can be that night today that a person you're, you're talking to and they pray to receive Christ, their life has changed right before your very eyes. In that moment in time. Because there's often a long, a lot of buildup for a person's salvation, but salvation happens in a moment. We go from death to life in a moment. This guy was like, I am changed. I know your tradition with water baptism. There's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Evidence of salvation. So obviously, Philip thought this was a real conversion because he was willing to water baptize the Ethiopian government official, which is that outward sign of inward regeneration. You don't get saved by baptism. You witness that you've been saved through baptism. If we want to believe history, this is not scripture, but history. History has it that this government official went back to his post in Ethiopia. He became a missionary and evangelist, spreading the good news of Jesus throughout that part of Africa. Ethiopia in those days was not, was not one um, nation as it is today. Ethiopia referred to an entire region kind of south of the Sahara Desert. Sudan is part of that now, but that was all Ethiopia. So the gospel went from Samaria, from Jerusalem to Samaria, then through the Ethiopian official, not an apostle, not Stephen, not Philip, through the Ethiopian government official, God used him to take the gospel into the continent of Africa. Pretty cool stuff. A good place to say, Amen. all right. What does he have for you? I'm telling you, the sky's the limit. Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do imaginably more, above and beyond anything we can ask or think. And we always stop there. God is able to do that. Do you know what the next verse is? Through you, through the power that's at work within you, God is able to do immeasurably more, above and beyond anything that you can ask or imagine. That's good enough. But then he says, through you, through the power that's at work through you. We've been deceived by the enemy into thinking that God works independent of us out there. And Scripture's so clear, that doesn't, that's not it. He works through us out there. We're waiting on him, and in a sense, he's waiting on us. So divine appointments, are you ready? Is anybody in here ready for that? Sheesh, I'll start over. (laughs) The whole point of this is that we're ready. And we're excited for what's coming. Not like, oh, I heard it on Sunday from the pulpit. That was enough. If what comes from the pulpit doesn't manifest out there, it's no good. Divine appointments. Are you ready? Colossians 4, 5. We're closing. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every what? Make the most of every divine appointment. Live wisely. Don't be deceived, caught living for this world and miss these opportunities and miss these divine appointments. Don't be distracted by life. So distracted by life that we miss our divine appointments. We, as we close, we just got to quickly check out this last, these last couple of verses. Remember the statement we made last week. Revival is always accompanied by supernatural happenings. Say that with me. Revival is always accompanied. Okay, well, that was all right. Let's try it again. I'll say it. You say it after me. Revival Revival is always accompanied accompanied by supernatural happenings. 
keep that in mind. The end of this story. When they came up out of the water, assignment completed. Ethiopian government official saved and baptized. What comes next? The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The Ethiopian never saw him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. Another characteristic of revival, there was great joy in that city. Every revival brings great joy. There's no other reason to have revival. There's one. It brings great joy. But he went away rejoicing. Meanwhile, so now what, what's up with Philip? Philip found himself. Some versions say Philip appeared at a town further north, Azotus, I think it is. And what did he do? He began preaching the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. The Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The word snatched means to remove suddenly, quickly, forcefully. There one minute, going the next. If it wasn't in Scripture, it would be like, no way, man, no way, right? It's in Scripture. Philip found himself farther north. The thought is, suddenly, unexpectedly, surprisingly. Well, wait, I was just in a pond with an Ethiopian official, and now I'm at Azotus. We laugh, and our minds say that's impossible, but this is the word of the Lord. And this is the way he moves in times of revival. Here comes the gang. We're just about done. That's fine. Let me just close up because we are this close to being done. I, I, I am taking my time to all, but we are this close to being done. I just want you to know this. Travel, just like so many things in the spiritual realm. <laughs> runaway child, running wild. Oh, there you go. That's, that's the way. He'll remember that. In his church experience, Brandon, now that's what he's going to remember. Getting dragged off the front by his dad by one leg. Nice. <laughs> Travel in the spiritual realm is not like it is in space and time. If God wants you somewhere, he can just put you there. He can just transport you there in an instant. Our minds don't comprehend that, comprehend that so don't try and receive it with your mind. Receive it by faith. If he wants you there, if he has an assignment that's going to take you from here to there and you can't get there any other way, he'll just transport you there or transport you away. Illustration, if you remember in the Gospels, Jesus walked out on the water. That's something right there. He walked out on the water. Horrible storm because the, the apostles were afraid, and they weren't afraid of storms. They were um, seasoned fishermen. But they thought they were going to drown. So he gets in the boat. I might be mixing two of those storm stories up. But without question, this one, one of them ended like this. Once he calmed the storm, it says immediately they were on the other side. They were in the middle of the lake crying out for their life, and then they were on shore. What? God may or may not do that. Just be open to it. Life gets exciting when God is moving mightily. Perhaps things like this will happen to us. Never say never. Never say never. And I just have to throw this in there too. You, me, we may hear of the most difficult cases of physical illness, emotional, mental trauma, lives that have been abused and wrecked and just totally destroyed. And God's going to heal them completely and restore them and make them whole and sound because it's going to bring great glory to God's name. It's not just to do something sensational. It's because it's going to bring great glory to God's name. He is going to display his greatness in these days and weeks and months ahead. He'll use us, but it's not about us. It's about him. Deb, you have the formidable task of 
coming up and closing in prayer. You stand with us, please. And Sonny, whatever you're going to do with the band now, you just decide where we're headed. Deb's going to pray. Go ahead, Deb. There's just a lot in there. Yeah. In fact, I love when God uses my past to remind me of something, but I was thinking of a song that I grew up with. I will follow him, follow him wherever he goes. There's no mountain too high or, or valley too low. And I think that's how we have to think about this. And, man, I'm, I'm declaring right now that I'm with, I'm with this message. Amen. I'm declaring I want to be part of the, the lesson to hear and to meet my appointments. And so I'm going to pray right now and so that we can all be in this together. And the excitement is growing. So I'm just praising him. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you. And we do thank you, Father. And I'm, I'm ready to be teleported, Father, just like you did with Philip. Father, I'm ready to go wherever you lead me. And I pray for our congregation, Father, that you help each and every one of us find in our hearts that desire, Father. Help us to listen. We are your children. And as children, Father, we need to listen to you, to your voice, Father. We need to, to search deep down to find what your voice sounds like to us, Father. And then we need to be searching for the appointments that you have for us. And you do have appointments for us, Father. We're called according to your purpose. And your purpose is for salvation, Father. And so we praise you and we thank you for that. We thank you for sending us out now, Father, as we go out into this world. Help us to listen and to meet those appointments. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks, Deb. Hey, stay standing. Are we, no, you're good. Are we playing Reckless Love? Okay. I want to point out one more thing from this story, in case you didn't notice. Do I have your attention? The extent that God will go to to reach one soul. God took Philip out of a thriving revival in Samaria, where he was doing a great work and many souls were being saved, and he took him down a, a desolate desert road to connecting to one individual in a chariot on his way back to Ethiopia just to make sure that that guy heard the message and got saved. God will go to great lengths to save one soul. Anyone who's willing, there's nothing, there's no holds barred for God going after them to reach them. Thank you for listening to our weekly message. To connect with us, visit our website at blesscolumbia.org.